Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. Federal Communications Communications Chairman Ajit Pai yesterday announced plans to loosen the regulations that apply to Internet service providers. The two-year-old rules have become known as net neutrality, and among other things, they bar broadband companies from giving preferential access to favored content providers. With us today to talk about uh, this announcement yesterday is Robert McDowell. He's a former FCC commissioner, now a partner at the law firm Cooley. Thanks for joining us, Rob. Thanks so much for having me. Um, so I, I'm, I'm guessing you, when you're on the FCC, you, you opposed at least an earlier version of the, the net neutrality rules. I'm guessing you think that what the chairman did yesterday is a good thing. Tell, tell us why. Well, first, net neutrality has no legal term of art, no legal definition. So um, it's important to uh, understand what we're talking about. I think we're talking about a free and uh, open internet uh, where consumers uh, can free roamly and use uh, and download the content and apps of their choice provided they're lawful and things of that nature. And that's what we've had since the internet was privatized in the mid-1990s with other laws, under other law. And for the first six years of the Obama administration, it was other law. What the FCC did over two years ago, though, was to use a 1934 law to classify internet access services, broadband services, uh, as a telecommunications service, something called, in the shorthand, Title II. It's Title II of the Communications Act of 1934, to get technical. And that brings with it about a thousand different legal requirements and a lot of questions as a result. So what Ajit Pai, my friend and former colleague, we served together on the FCC, is, is doing or is proposing, we think, we haven't seen the proposal just yet, but what he outlined yesterday, um, is to try to figure out a different legal path to do that so that all parts of the internet ecosystem can thrive without these uncertainties. Rob, how high are the stakes here? You know, the stakes are high, uh, but the good news is is that, you know, prior to 2015 or 2010, when the FCC uh, tried uh, another time uh, to impose new rules, uh, the internet marketplace was thriving. Both, you know, if you look at the the edge providers, uh, content and apps and, and services of one form or another, uh, were all thriving, as were network operators, those are the wireless companies, the cable companies, the phone companies that actually connect consumers to the internet. And so the trick here is to try to find that sweet spot, that balance, which I'm optimistic can be found. Maybe it has to be found through Congress as well. That's a whole other topic we can talk about. But the stakes are high because it, it is the future of the internet. But the, the good news is, is that everything has been thriving thus far. Uh, even without these Title II rules that went into effect two years ago. So one thing you, you touched on, one thing Chairman Pai talked about yesterday was was the notion that, that companies are doing, have done very well uh, with, with what he called light-touch regulation. And he talked about the great success stories, companies like Google and, and, and Facebook. Um, and there's a, a trade group called the Internet Association that uh, – that, that supports the, the existing rules and opposed what, what the chairman did yesterday. And that group includes some of these very, uh, you know, companies that are success stories, the Googles, the Ebays, the Microsoft, Netflix. Um, what should we make of their, their opposition? Well, they've also opened the door, Michael Beckerman, their CEO, who I know very well, uh, they've 
left the door open to having a, a dialogue, whether it's with the FCC or with Congress. Um, some of those edge providers historically were very worried about Title II uh, and cordoning it off to just apply to network operators, again, broadband companies, um, rather than other parts of the Internet ecosystem, such as themselves. Um, and the FCC in, in 2015 put in place this general conduct standard to kind of say, we're going to do X, Y, and Z, but also we're going to have uh, authority over the general conduct of anything in the Internet ecosphere. And I think that concerned a lot of tech companies of all stripes. Um, and if you think about uh, some of these companies, they have their own networks, right? Thousands of miles of fiber connecting routers and servers all over the country, all over the world to uh, purvey content and apps and all the rest. So they themselves have content and networks, uh, just the way a Comcast or an AT&T does at this point. Uh, so, you know, the markets, the cons consumers are demanding convergence, and the markets are responding, companies are responding, so they're all starting to blur together to kind of look like the same animal in some cases. So you have to ask yourself, is an 83-year-old law that was designed to regulate telephones that were held in two hands <laughs> uh, the right mechanism? Or, or should we find something that's more modern and more flexible that can really protect consumers in this very dynamic, uh, sometimes ephemeral uh, marketplace? We're talking about the FCC's plans to roll back its rules governing net neutrality. Supporters said the rules prevented the creation of internet fast lanes, available only to companies that could afford to pay the price. Here's what then-chairman Tom Wheeler said when the FCC approved its rules in 2015. Today is a red-letter day for Internet freedom, for consumers who want to use the Internet on their terms, for innovators who want to reach consumers without the control of gatekeepers, for a future in which there are rules to protect the Internet and its users. But yesterday, current chairman Ajit Pai said the rules were stifling investment and innovation. I think what the FCC doesn't need is heavy-handed regulations that saddle businesses uh, with a lot of rules that simply disincentivize them from building those networks. And that's going to be the course we are charting henceforth. Our guest is former FCC Commissioner Robert McDowell. Uh, he was a Republican-appointed member, a Republican member of, of the commission, and he uh, supports what uh, Chairman Pai uh, said yesterday. Rob, um, you know, one, one argument that you heard a little bit from Tom Wheeler uh, and hearing from other opponents of this move is that essentially the Internet is being left to police itself. And it's a bit of a going to be a bit of a wild west out there. And what you could have is companies that favor either, you know, uh, you know, an entity they own or somebody who pays them money uh, in order to get faster Internet service using that you know, on that website or using that app or whatever. What, what's the argument? What's the counter to that? Well, first of all, that's been said for about 15 years uh, and it has never happened. There's there's little to no evidence uh, that that happened. And if there were evidence, if it were happening, there were other laws on the books that already existed that would have uh, either prevented that or punished the bad actors if they tried to do something like that. Um, so you have uh, Section 2 of the, of the Clayton Act. You have Section 5 of the Federal Trade Commission Act. And this is important because what the FCC did in 2015 when it classified uh, Internet access as a, a telecommunications service under the Communications Act of 1934, it took away jurisdiction from the Federal Trade Commission, which polices every other corner, practically, of the economy, including very complex high-tech corners uh, of the economy. Uh, to prevent or punish anti-competitive conduct by market players. Um, so you took a cop off the beat, actually, with the Title II classification, and you brought in about a 1,000 requirements um, of 
Title II uh, of that act, uh, which created all these questions and all this uncertainty that uh, Chairman Pai is speaking about right there. So th the notion that somehow uh, companies are going to be able to, you know, broadband companies are going to be able to uh, discriminate in an anti-competitive way against other market players or harm consumers isn't true because there are other laws that would exist but for this Title II. But isn't it the case that, I mean, antitrust laws tend to look backwards at conduct that are already happened. Isn't it better to have rules that look forward, especially given how quickly the tech industry works? You know, by the time, you know, an antitrust case is brought against Microsoft, the industry has, has you know, changed, you know, dramatically before you get to a final judgment in a case like that. It wouldn't be better to have rules so that we know, you know, what's, what is, uh, you know, that they sort of govern what companies do before they do it? Well, actually, when you have a fast-paced, uh, quickly changing marketplace, um, it is that enforcement that seems to work better rather than regulators trying to guess where the market is headed. And in part, that's what was happening here, uh, Chairman Pai would argue, um, and others. Uh, so uh, you have the Department of Justice, Antitrust Division, and the Federal Trade Commission able to police those high-tech areas in a lot of complex areas, whether it's privacy or antitrust or consumer protection, et cetera. Um, and if you look actually at the speeches and the writings of uh, acting Federal Trade Commission uh, Chairman uh, Maureen Olhausen, she talks extensively about the issue you just raised uh, to say, look, what you need are flexible rules that punish market actors and, and create disincentives. And really, this can be proven out by looking at market behavior uh, leading up to the 2010 vote on net neutrality that was largely struck down by a court uh, and uh, the 2015 order. Um, you know, let's look at the marketplace until then. It was doing wonderfully, beautifully well, and it still is, by the way, uh, overall. But what uh, Pi is trying to do is to remove the uncertainty and try to find something that's more modern and more flexible so that every aspect of the internet ecosphere can thrive and not just certain parts of it. Rob, is it true that only Congress can ensure that net neutrality doesn't swing like a pendulum with each administration? Yeah, I, you know what, and that's, just speaking personally, I think that's ultimately what should happen. Of course, it's very hard to get anything through Congress right now, but you're right, every four to eight years we could have uh, a new regulatory regime, depending on who's elected president, who the new chair is, uh, and that creates more uncertainty and more harm. And that's why I'm optimistic and hopeful, maybe I'm more hopeful than I am optimistic, uh, that all the parties could come together uh, once they see where uh, Chairman Pai is going and come to the table uh, in Congress to try to get something done. This was actually close to happening in 2014. Uh, you had Chairman John Thune of the Senate Commerce Committee and the ranking member Bill Nelson very close to agreeing on some principles for legislation. Uh, until it looked like the FCC was just going to go ahead. And uh, there were a lot of pressure groups who uh, pressured uh, Senator Nelson and some others to, to back off of legislation. But you're absolutely right. I mean, I think all aspects of the uh, Internet ecosphere could, could uh, benefit from sitting down with members of Congress and just saying, hey, this is something that historically has been bipartisan. Keep in mind, here I was, the senior Republican, sometimes the only Republican on the FCC, ardently defending Clinton-Gore administration policy uh, regarding the Internet. The, the Clinton-Gore administration was very much opposed to Title II. Uh, and that was the case through the first six years of the Obama administration as well. Uh, and something changed. So, uh, so here we are. I wonder if you could give me the 15-second version of what you would like to see replace the, the, the rules that, that are being scrapped. Well, you want to make sure that there's not an opportunity for blocking or the throttling of, of Internet access, uh, the anti-competitive conduct that would favor some content over others. Um, you want to make sure that it's free and open 
and that consumer demand is not frustrated that consumers continue to be made happy. Okay. Thank you so much to Rob McDowell, former FCC commissioner, our guest talking about the FCC's changes on internet broadband regulation. Coming up on Bloomberg Law, we're going to talk about that two-year prison sentence for Jesse Litvak. He was convicted of lying to a customer about bond prices. That's a case that has certainly gained notice on Wall Street. That's coming up. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.